This episode of Introverted Intuition is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're a consistent listener of this podcast and you know the members of this show go through our own issues and deal with mental health in our own ways, but sometimes you need an extra hand, and that's what BetterHelp provides. In under 24 hours, BetterHelp provides you with a licensed therapist in their network that will give you thoughtful and timely responses and can send you any type of information that you any type of information or advice or just anything you may need to get through your day and make it to the next one. So go to betterhelp.com backslash introverted. No, I'm sorry. Betterhelp.com backslash introvert. Use the code introvert to get 10% off your first month and get yourself the help you deserve and that you may need. And you may not even think you need it, but I promise you talking to someone is the most beneficial, beneficial thing for you. So, I butchered this ad. Sorry, BetterHelp, but go to betterhelp.com backslash introvert. Use the code introvert, I-N-T-R-O-V-E-R-T, to get 10% off your first month and uh, get the help you deserve. Thank you. Check, check, check. Microphone check. If you're hearing the sound of my voice or watching this on YouTube, that means you're now tuned into another chapter of the Introverted Intuition Podcast. My name is Jeff, a.k.a. the Petty Podcaster, a.k.a. the Ambitious Introvert, a.k.a. the Leader of the Libras. <laughs> I love that. Leader of the Libras. <laughs> yeah. Got my boy with me. Say what's up to the people. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? It's your man, CR908, a.k.a. Conscious Rap, BKA Chocolate Rye, baby. I wish our, the conversation <laughs> we had before we came in here was all recorded. I know. We got mad. We always get mad deep before the podcast. I guess because we're naturally conversationalists. I think that's exactly what it is. It's like... You're more of a conversationalist than me, I feel. You think? When I'm comfortable, I'm a conversationalist. Okay. I'm not, you jump out the window and just talk. I want to I want to be talked to first. Oh, okay. Because I still have that shy true. side a bit. That's true. But once you talk to me, I'm not shutting up. Nah, yeah. You yeah. do. You go in and you have good things to say, bro. Shit. Yeah, man. Well, what the fuck were we talking about? I was just about to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> like, it well, was so good. What were we talking about? We were definitely talking about, well, I remember I was mentioning the book that you lent me, The Alchemist. Right. And we were talking about just basically, you know, being able to speak the language of the world. You know, everybody's, you know, everybody has the ability to tap into their genius and go down their journey to follow their personal legend. But not everybody chooses to do that. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, one of the things, because, you know, he just lent me the book, guys, and that shit's fucking amazing. I just finished it literally today. Mm. And one of the, the biggest things that I pulled from that book is just that everybody has a personal legend, but not everybody chooses to pursue it. Yeah. Right? And that's when I, you know, had threw up a, a quote that I just came up with on Instagram where I said, you know, uh, a dream that goes unrealized becomes a curse of the mind. Mm. And that's why there's so many miserable people in society, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're doing what they think they have to do, which is, you know, you do have to get up, go to work and shit like that. But there's other people who decide to find another way. Yeah. There's, it, it exists. There's people that we all look up to, these celebrities, these athletes, whoever, you know, even people who aren't, you know, famous. There's people who decided to take charge of their life and just pursue their personal legend. One thing I took from the alchemist was uh, don't like, fight against complacency, like mm. no matter what. Because yes. like every time the boy would hit a roadblock, he'd always refer back to like, oh, well, I always have my sheep. Or I can right. always sell this to get the sheep back and go back to my old life. His and comfort it's comfort like, zone. Yeah. Like, no, like fight against that shit. Yes. With all you got and yes. then keep going. And don't let pussy distract you too. No, because <laughs> he almost don't. gave up for the girl too. But uh, 
he uh, he kept going to the pyramids and uh, he almost got killed when he got there. It's but. so funny that you mentioned that, too, because there was a quote that I loved from the book. It said, you must understand that love never keeps a man from pursuing his personal legend. Mm. If he abandons that pursuit, it's because it wasn't true love. Ooh. The love that speaks the language of the world. Yeah. Nigga, that's a bar. Facts. That shit was a bar. I'm like, yo, that's basically saying, nigga, do not chase the pussy. Chase the dream. <laughs> I want to know what shorty looked like because he was almost to give up right? so many times. Yo, and he thought about her every, every day. Every day. Bruh. Yo, she must have been bad. She had to have been. <laughs> Bottle Oasis, fucking skin right? listening. Like, Fatima. <laughs> yo, the boy was thirsty, bro. He was mad thirsty, yo. But he was focused and personal legend, man. Like, did you, So, like, what is your personal legend in your opinion? I think um my personal legend I I think I'm I think my personal legend is just to be a voice. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's it's like if you think about everything that I do, music, podcasting, you know, even when I was in college I did a lot of public speaking, I was a leader of a club and everything. I think my personal legend is just to connect with people, to inspire, spread positivity and love, bro. Like, I feel passionate about that. Yeah. Like, for some reason, every single day of my life, I come across somebody who needs to be motivated. I come across somebody who's hurt, who's going through something. I feel like I'm a healer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's truly my personal legend is just to, like, reach a certain level that I can spread that that positivity around the world. That's why I want to get to a high level, not just to be famous, but because I'll have a heavier influence on the world. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know when I get there, I'm going to make a difference in this world before I'm gone. Like, I know for a fact, I think I'm already making a difference. You know what I'm saying? Little by little, but I want to get to a grand scale when I could really just touch lives. Like, that's what drives me to do all this shit. Me too. And, like, I, I really develop, like, a a selfless attitude very young i got it from my grandmother and stuff like that and my mom as well and uh, i feel like i'm meant to heal as well i feel like why my healing process is so slow because i've distributed energy that's necessary for others to heal mm. and i and i feel like that was kind of hard for me to admit because it's mm. like i'm giving so much of myself to other people but mm-hmm. like i have no time for myself for ever to help and um i'm, I'm kind of okay with that because i do enjoy helping people i don't mm-hmm. think i don't second guess ever helping anybody mm-hmm. and um i think it's important that this platform exists and why I created it is because I, I feel like I have a unique perspective on a lot of things, a very yes. unique story, a story that needs to be heard and things in my mind that people need to hear. And I feel like I also need to use my, I think my voice is, it, it carries volumes. And I, and like you, I don't do things for opportunity, clout, fame, but just to create and, and to help. To connect. Connect, for sure. I love connecting with other people, bro. I consider myself a humanitarian, bro. Because I just can speak and have a conversation with anybody from any walk of life, bro. Like, yeah. that's why I love driving for Lyft, bro. Like, all day, every day, I meet different people. You know, I do have my days where I don't feel like talking. But then I have those days where I just meet so many cool, genuine people. Yeah. And it gives me goosebumps when I have conversations with them. Like, that, that, that there's something spiritual about connecting with people and just having good conversation there's something spiritual about that shit bro right and i I feel like on the days when like i don't want to talk is when i end up having the best conversations Mm. and it's like i feel like that's like the universe kind of smacking me in the back of the head like like yo get it together you need to hear what this person has to say to you open up your mouth yeah right but uh and i I think i encourage everyone first of all if you haven't read the alchemist by paulo coelho 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 read that book first of all because it's definitely one of the most inspiring books i've ever read in my entire life and secondly, find out what your personal legend is. Because mm. we're all here for a reason. 
It and just matters if you want to figure it out or not. That's a fact. And it's so crazy because I just found another quote that totally relates to what you were talking about before we stepped into the studio. Mm. And you were saying how you feel like you already know what you got to do, but you're holding yourself back sometimes, right? So this quote says from the book, if a person is living out his personal legend, he knows everything he needs to know. There is only one thing that makes a dream impossible to achieve. The fear of failure. Right. And it was just like, bruh, that shit's so powerful because it's so true. Yeah. How many times have we came up with million dollar ideas? And or, or or just you came up with something you knew was solid, but because you were not you, but you know, people in general, you were afraid that it might not work, that you didn't even try. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like to conquer fear is to me the greatest achievement that you can do in your life. To truly say, yo, I'm not going to let fear stop me. Because you know what? I'm not talking about totally extinguishing fear. It's impossible to extinguish fear. It's part of our genetic code. It helps us survive, right? Mm -hmm. But what helps is having the insight to realize that that fear is all in your head. Right. Right? To go and do that shit anyway. That's the whole definition of courage. Is to be brave in the face of danger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and you not acting is proof that your thoughts become things because mm. you proved yourself right. You thought you couldn't do it, and then you didn't do it. Yeah. So if you think you can do it, and you actually execute it, and if it doesn't go exactly how you planned, cool, but you still try. There's no... What I'm learning is there's really no such thing as like like a loss or like mm. a failure. Like like I mentioned on the last podcast, like I lost all my work that I for my book that I've been working on, but I could have just let that shit get to me, and I just couldn't have mm-hmm. done anything else mm-hmm. with it. But... I took the initiative and said, you know what? I really want to keep doing this. I feel like what I'm writing is important. It has to get out to this world. And you just got to keep going. You got to really... Perseverance yes. is something I've developed over the course of the two years doing this podcast. I love what you said in the beginning of that. It reminds me of... I don't know why I'm just remembering mad quotes. <laughs> it's a it's good a, book. It's not that, but it's a different... It was Confucius. Oh. He said, he who believes he can and he who believes he can't are both right. Mm. It's like, nigga, yeah. that's exactly what you just said. It's just like, it's really about your belief. Do you believe you can or do you believe you can't? Because yeah. either way, you're going to be right. Right. That shit is powerful, bro. The mind is powerful, bro. And that's crazy because like being that like, I'm an only child, an introverted individual, like I am a spire. Um, I, that's all I had was my thoughts. I never had the... I never had anyone to speak to about these things. And speaking to myself seemed kind of crazy at the time when I was younger. So it's like... I created my the negative reality I, I lived in. Yeah. And mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like e- e- even if you're out in public and you just need to get get it out, like just say what you want, literally out loud, e- loud even whisper it. Like yes. just get it out of your head because it's going to sound like it's going to sound like it makes more sense to you out loud as opposed to in your head. I agree. And that's why I also encourage people if you're listening to this right now, you should have a journal and you should write your thoughts down because your thoughts sound different when you read them out loud. I have learned so much about myself doing free writing, like free association. You know what that is? No. That's basically when you don't think about filtering anything. You're just writing. You're whatever comes to your mind. You're oh, just, I do that. That's what yes. my book is basically. Is. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that's like free association, right? And when you do that, you go back and you read it and you're able to track your thoughts that way. You know what I'm saying? Because us as, you know, everybody on, on a, you know, humans, we on an average base have like 70,000 thoughts a day. Right. You know what I'm saying? So just taking that moment to write down shit, it really brings perspective to who you are and how you perceive things. Bro, and it's funny you mentioned like how things sound differently or seem differently when you write it out or say it. Like we had a little tiff earlier mm-hmm. this week. And as I was thinking back to like 
first of all, when I vented to Coco about it, when I was saying it to her, mm-hmm. I was already thinking, yo, this shit sounds stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so, yeah, yeah, what are you mad for? And it's like, you're already in too deep. You already fucking came at CR. Yo, you're it's like, crazy. Now, now you got to stand on the line. You got to follow up. Yeah. Keep like, that same energy. Yeah. <laughs> you can't double back now, nigga. So now you got to double down and see what happens. And it's like, when I'm saying it to you again, I'm just like, damn, yo, you're so fucking stupid. Like, you may have just fucked up a friendship. Like, nigga, you dumb. But, um, yeah, bro, like, stop fucking thinking. Like, I'm talking to myself, but listeners, like, just don't think about shit. Like, and don't let shit fester. Communicate. Communicate, Because shit man. is probably a lot more, it's a lot less serious than what you probably think it it's is. It's always worse in our mind. Why is that? Why is our mind, like, what is like the, is it like a disconnect between my mind and my soul? I don't know why, but it's a common thing in humanity. Like, even in the book, when one time uh, the boy was talking to the alchemist, and the alchemist has something like, uh, the suffering is worse in your mind than the actual suffering will be. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, dog, like, we do that to ourselves. I don't know why. Maybe because we're, we're naturally annihilistic. You know what I'm saying? Like, as human beings, we just look to destroy. Like, we just always want to destroy shit. It's just, I don't know what that is. I think that's where it comes from. You know what I'm saying? And it's not even fair to, like, other people who are actually going through shit. Yeah. Like, they're thinking about it, and they're actually going through it. Like, I feel like if we talk to a homeless person right now on this podcast, it'd be like, yo, you're thinking about... Some shit with a girl. Mm-hmm. I have no house. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I feel like when I have these negative thoughts, it's like, it's kind of like I'm ungrateful. Mm-hmm. And it's just not, that's not fair to myself and the life that my family has provided me mm-hmm. and to other people who really don't even have shit. It's not even fair to them because I do care about them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just, the mind is It's so, a tricky so thing, powerful. man. The mind is a tricky fucking thing. And you know what really bothers me? When I meet people who do no type of work to analyze their mind at least you're doing the work yeah. there's people who are out here on autopilot in the matrix in the fucking matrix dog worried about stupid shit yeah i'm at the point of consciousness now where i literally just certain people i just can't even have a regular like, i i keep the conversation so dry and basic yeah. you know what i'm saying because it's just certain people who are so stuck in this automation they just you know what i'm saying they're caught up in uh, in the matrix bro right I, I do, I, yeah, I don't even have people like that around me. I feel like everyone around me is very like-minded. I meet them when I do lift sometimes. Like, I get some good people, and then I get some people who are totally in the fucking matrix. Like, like totally in the matrix. Like, they're just lost, and it's so sad. I see. I, 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 work, I, like, I work with those people. Mm. I, I hear their conversations about, like, mm. oh, why did this character die on Game of Thrones? It was the biggest deal in the world. I'm just like, you know, there's more to life than that television. There's more to life than just this fucking pharmacy that right. we work in. Right? right? And it's like, these people are like... I don't want to fucking like be excited for like my retirement fund. Mm. I don't want to be that type of person. I don't want to mm-hmm. work towards retirement. I want to like retire on my own terms, mm-hmm. but I want to like enjoy my work and what I am doing up to that. Like I agree. I remember I met the nicest person. I was working at Nissan. Uh, his name is um, fuck. I can't remember blanking on his name. He's a really nice person. The warehouse or the dealership? It was a warehouse. Where in uh Somerset? Nigga, I worked there too. Well, Nissan NYPDC. Wait, what? what yes, on Cotton, on, on Cotton, Cotton Tail Lane. Yes, I worked there. Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> I worked there when? before. All right, I worked there before I went to SHI. I worked there after SHI. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Before before the pharmacy when I was still in school. That's so crazy. What the fuck? But you know what? All right, it's it's crazy, but not that crazy because 
S H I and uh, the Nissan warehouse were in the, the right, right, there. right next right to up each the other. From each other. Yeah, they were right up the block from each other. So it kind of makes sense. But still, I never knew you worked there. Did you hate that fucking job, bro? It's the it was the most. Worst. I was so depressed every day. <laughs> like literally every day, I get in there at seven a.m. You met Bobby. Who's Bobby? Oh my God, Bobby's like the OG. He was the uh, the old like one of the oldest employees there. He he wears like the a blue light blue. They shirt. have long white hair, like like long gray hair. Not long gray hair. I know who you're talking about. That was somebody. He had a full full white yeah, beard. Yeah, I, I know him. He drives the fucking forklift. And yeah, shit. I remember him. I this don't remember insane. his name. Um, and then you got who was the fucking? Um, there was a dude named Kenny. He was a real. He Kenny. was like he was like a player, but he was like an older dude, skinny nigga, always called out of work. Um, and T Ty was there, right? Yo, yep. do you remember the boss? Uh, what was his name? Tommy? No, not Tommy. Um, Thomas was Th- his name. But oh, the, oh, he went by he went by Tommy. They called him Tommy. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, the black guy. The black dude. Yes. Yeah. Yo, that's nuts. I did not know you were. And the office there. is like right in the front. Like you walk out. Yes, right- I know where. It, bro, I used to work there. That's bro. insane. Bro. I worked there for years, bro. Before I went to SHI, I worked there for about two or three years. From like. 2013 to like 2015, bro. Wow. I worked there. And then I went to SHI where I met you. And then I was there end of 2016 to like 2017, end of 2017, or middle of 2017. Mm, That's crazy. That's crazy. But tell me about your experience there. So the dude there that I'm referring to, I can't remember his name. Sorry, you're probably not listening. But uh, (laughs) he would always talk to me. I I would always ask him like, yo, like. Cause he would always see my frustration and be like, he would always ask me like, why I'm there. Like he, mm-hmm. he could tell I was very bright, and I was like, I don't know. It's just I feel like I have no options. Mm. And um, he would always express to me like, yeah, I, I felt the same as you, but I wasn't confident enough to move forward. So now I'm just looking mm. forward to retirement. Mm. And that really always sat with me mm-hmm. because he was a genuinely nice and smart mm-hmm. guy, and he could have done so much more, but he, just, but he didn't take mm-hmm. advantage of the time he had. And he didn't take advantage of his creativity, of his confidence, and now he's just probably still there waiting yes. to retire. And it's just like I don't I don't want that for myself. Not trying to talk down on him or no, discredit people not. who get comfortable in that of life. Of course not. But I don't want that for myself because I owe myself more than that and I don't deserve a life like that. I don't need a life like that. Can I say I'm getting goosebumps right now because I feel like the universe deliberately did that. Mm. It had to be because the exact same realization you had from that job was the exact same realization I got from that job. Wow. The exact same because I used to get the same questions and, and stuff from the other from the older guys. They'd be like, yo, I mean, like, what are you doing? Are you in school? Like, what are you doing? Like, why why are you working here? Yeah. And I was just like, well, you know, I'm just working to get some bread because I had took off time off of school just to make some money. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I was in this mind, this is right after I graduated from Union County College. Um, I was in a place where I was trying to basically just work. And I was about to say, I don't think I want to be in college. I don't think I want to pursue a higher degree. I think I'm just going to work. And then I had that job. And then I realized that that was not what I wanted to do. Because no. a lot of those motherfuckers that was in there had been there for like 15, 10 you know what I'm saying? Over a decade. Over a decade. Bro, it was the regular, like the OG. That's how I, we still know these niggas that we can name them because they were there, bro. Yeah, yeah. Barbara, remember Barb? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, bro. Yeah. T.Y. I remember T.Y. And he had glasses. White dude. White dude. He's funny as hell. Super sarcastic. I think super, he might he be a little dick. racist. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he was fucking, a dick. But you know what? He said the gave me some of the best advice I ever heard. Because me and him, I understood T.Y. Like, me and him had a good, good, good relationship, right? Mm-hmm. I understood where he was coming from. And he said something. He was just like, you know, Rod, 
you'll be if you make the right decisions in life, you're gonna be a very happy person. Mm. Like he that's he said that to me, and then it was just like I swear that shit echoed for the rest of my like from that day until now. That's always echoed in my mind. I wish when I he said that. I wish I could find it because on my very last day there, one of the managers I fucking hated, big fat dude. Forget his name. I know who you're talking about. Really fat dude. Like I know who you're fat talking about. Fat on type of fat. Fat fat. Um, yeah. I know who you're talking about. He Ball, was, like he was yeah, a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a dickhead. Um. God, I wish. Damn, I, could find I forgot it. his name too. I know exactly who you're talking about, but, and he was uh, he's been there for a minute too. Ever, forever, forever. He, I wish I can. I gotta. Maybe by the next episode, I'll find the note. But on my very last day, I wrote down like something he said to me that was very impactful. That really kind of set me on the path for this podcast, actually, because mm-hmm. like I was still on the fence about even starting. I'm, I'm going to find it next podcast. I remember him. I know exactly who you're talking about. He used to wear uh, t-shirts with the sleeves cut off, shorts all the well, time. Shorts all the time. Yeah. yeah, I know exactly who you're talking. Joe, was it Joe? Joe, yeah, it was Joe. Joe, yeah, Big Joe. Everybody yes. call him Big Joe. Yes, he it said something Joe. very impactful to me. I'm going to find it next podcast. I promise. Um, but it's just funny that like the memorable conversations we have with these people that. Really set us on our path. So similar. Without even knowing. I felt so lost when I left there. Yeah. I didn't feel confident going to this pharmacy job. Mm. I felt like so scared because I, I mean, I worked for it, but I'd never done anything like that. Mm-hmm. And going to new environments has always been, been a w- bit weird for me, but that's so crazy that you used to work there. I'm so tripping off that. That's so that's crazy. And, and the insane. fact that we've known each other this long and never talked about it. Right. That's the craziest <laughs> but part. I, but I feel like I've mentioned to you that I worked at Nissan, but you never asked, was it the warehouse I'd or never the dealership? Asked. Yeah. yeah. Like, I hated that job, man. Let me tell Bruh. you about my experience there, bro. When I was working there, you know about the mandatory overtime, nigga. When I was there at first, like it wasn't mandatory and I didn't follow the rules. But then towards the end, when you I was on my way out, out yeah, 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 on, on my towards the, on my way out, that's when they started uh, putting it back in. I used to sneak out of work, my nigga. Shit. When it, when it, depending on who was the supervisor that night, because yep. you know all the supervisors would leave when it gets after hours, and there would be one supervisor left. Yep. So whenever it was like Barbara that was left over or something, I would totally sneak out. Hop in my car and drive away because I hated it. Wait, you worked at nights? Yes, I worked. Oh, at I night. worked the morning shift. That's crazy. The seven to three thirty. That's crazy. But I, that's I, why your overtime wasn't that it wasn't mandatory. Yeah, but like they would try to get us to come in on Sundays. Yes, or set Friday, whatever day. Yes. See, I worked at night because I think I was actually still in school while I was working there. Yeah, I think I was going to Union County College while I was working there. This is fucking crazy. Because I didn't, I didn't. Yeah, I think I was going to Union County College. I didn't graduate until twenty fifteen. But um. Anyway, while I was um while I was there, man, they fucking had mandatory overtime at night because you know the way the work was, there was a certain amount of stuff that had to get shipped out. So it was either it got done on time or it didn't. Yeah, there was no other way. So it was like whatever the morning shift didn't do, we had to finish it. So that's why, like, bro, there was times I left that job at twelve, one o'clock in the morning, exhausted, bro. Mm-hmm. I hate you had to lift up fucking I, I'm sorry we're spending so much time on this but this, this shit fucking sucked bro, bro. Car, yeah, I had to lift car doors car at 7am fucking windshield wipers fucking uh, uh, exhaust pipes any piece of a car you could think of we had to fucking take those shits horrible put them on a fucking cart I, I I graduated from being the packer remember what a packer is yeah, right? yeah yeah so from being a packer I became a picker you had to put them in the fucking cages and shit yeah, like that yeah I started as that first and then I became a picker so I started in return and then I became a picker, and then I, like I was training to be on a forklift. But I, but during that phase, I was like, I'm out. I don't want to do this. Because if you would have got on that forklift, then you probably <laughs> you nigga, I would have dropped everything. 
But I had four, I had forklift experience before then. Oh, okay. So I was already kind of certified, but they wanted me to retake it. But uh, I knew if I like got into that forklift shit and got that bit little bit of money, I probably still would have been there. I don't know. You want to know another funny fact? Kyrie K Rock yes. and his wife both worked at Nissan. What? Yes. I got to talk to them about that. when They they, they both come, They both of them got to come on because I want to talk about that marriage That would be fire. Talk about marriage that and love. That would be fire. Right? Yes. Set that, let's set that I'm up. I'm going to set that up. That'd for March. Yes. I'm going to set that up for March. But yeah, Kyrie and Shauna both, me and Kyrie have worked a couple jobs together. Mm. We worked at Target together. We worked at Specialty RX and we worked at Nissan together. And it's just so funny. I forgot about that whole part of my life like yo shauna and tay rock <laughs> we all had the same job like we all used to work there that's crazy the world is so fucking small it's so small bro so small and it's not like any of that's us scary. live in that area right that's the craziest part drive, like 30 35 minutes yes, to get there. Like, yes yeah. none of us live in that area you, you went on indeed.com you saw that that uh that <laughs> application you saw that shit I had to put that fucking application in, bro. Fuck, that's crazy. At the crazy. time, a nigga needed money, man. It wasn't I, even much. It wasn't much. I forgot how much we got paid. It wasn't even a lot. Night shift got paid more, I think. Yeah, because it was nighttime, and then, you know, we get a little more overtime. I think that's why I did night. No, I think I did nights because I was going to school during the day. I, I said <sighs> to myself, that was my last warehouse job ever. And that has been my last warehouse job since then. I said that when when I went to SHI. Mm. That No. I said that with Nissan, but then I ended up getting SHI, and then after SHI, I just said I'm never gonna work again. Like you know, what oh, I'm saying? like I'm just, <laughs> I was 23. He's an entrepreneur. Yo, I was 23 years old. I said I hated this. I yeah. realized where my life was going. If I would have kept going this pattern, mm. I was gonna hate my life, bro. Yeah. But one thing I can't say, I was in good ass shape working at Nissan, bro. Fuck yeah, bro. I was. I was. I was strong in shape. I was strong. I was thin. All the little Spanish honeys in there. I know they remember oh, me. There was some, yeah, there was they some was looking at the, the car doors being johns. lifted on top of the head. <laughs> Bruh, there was some joints in there. There was some Johns in there for real. So. That's crazy. But then it's also just like, damn, it's just like, it's almost it's almost like jail because it's just like, damn, would this bitch look as good as she was if we were outside of Nissan? Like, like, I like, thought she was the baddest <laughs> chick. In the, mind you, there was on, on a morning shift, there was maybe like eight girls total. And they all did the same shit. And I'm like, damn, like. I'm tired of looking at these niggas oh, all day. Like, right, where the shorties at? Right. Like, so, none of them spoke English. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Damn it. I had to learn a little Spanish a bit, or relearn a little bit of Spanish. Damn, bro. You just brought back so many memories, bro. That's crazy. Working at motherfucking Nissan NYPDC. <laughs> Damn, bro. Ain't never get a Nissan. Right. I, well, I have one. Oh, at the during the time, no. Yeah, hell no. And you could have got so many discounts and so much shit that came with buying a, a Nissan vehicle but while you worked there. Not a packer or a picker, though. I don't think. Oh, true. I don't you think mean, them niggas yeah, could have yeah, got anything. Because we weren't on salary or nothing yet. You're right. You had to be like, I forgot. What was it? Was it? Well, I forgot the term they used. You had to be popping. Yeah, but there the was company. a specific term. Oh, I was a temp. That's why. Attempt? I worked for a temp agency. I think. That oh, was, yeah, me too. Yes, yeah, that's how too. I ended up getting that job. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember um, we're going in too much. We're going into this too much. But, uh, moral of the story, uh, listeners, the world is fucking small. <laughs> the world is small. And, ask, and just talk to your friends because you'll learn shit like this. This is a, this saying. is crazy. Can I read this Malcolm X quote though? Please, because <laughs> this is uh, kind of relevant, relevant to mm-hmm. after our little tiff that we had. I'm not going to get into it specifically, listeners, because it's over and done with. Exactly, Buried. but. Don't be in such a hurry to condemn a person because he doesn't do what you do or think as you think think or as fast. Mm. There was a time when you didn't know what you know today. Mm. Mm. And expand. 
Hold on. Let me just reread it in my head right quick to kind of centralize my thoughts. Mm-hmm. One of the things you said to me uh, on the phone is that I could be judgmental sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I do... Because my scope of the world is so centralized on how I see the world and how mm-hmm. I treat people, I feel sometimes I do judge people who don't live how I do because I feel like I move with so much integrity. And that's just not the case at times, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when that quote popped up, it, it uh, basically just was a stamp, the nail on the head, like, nigga, you could be really judgmental sometimes and not everyone is like you and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that quote just really sat with me. And when you said that to me, I was just like... I felt so bad because I thought I was thinking about like how many other people think that but just didn't have the confidence to say it, right? And uh, yeah. No, I feel like that was a major breakthrough. And I think we're all on a certain level judgmental, right? Don't feel like you're the only person. We all judge. We all have pre-judgments when we walk into a room and we're looking at people we already in our minds and our subconscious we're already like analyzing who they are where they come from what they do i'm not gonna sit here and act like i don't judge because i be judging but also judging isn't always a bad thing because sometimes it helps you avoid certain types of people right because sometimes you could be right i feel like what really sucks is when you assume off those judgments yes. you know what I'm saying you, I, I assume people's character based off I guess one fact that mm-hmm. I've created and that's not fair right it's like you can't help but to judge but you can stop assuming right yeah. and I think part of that is just trying to be objective in those moments mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying taking away our own personal biases and just trying to see things for how they are in front of us you feel me and I'm, I'm such a fucking hypocrite because I don't like being judged so why would I do that to other people right but mm-hmm. it's subconscious and everybody's uh, do- everybody does it to, um, to a certain extent so don't beat yourself up I, I felt really guilty about it I really did feel guilty because I I, it's just not fair but uh you're growing bro don't worry about it Good evening, Lainey. Rainy Lainey has stepped in the building, people. Hello, with, with a donut. With donuts. With donuts. Is it the Simpson donut? <laughs> yeah, I just started that one. Oh, Lord. Word. How are you? Word. I'm chilling. How was your day? Mm-hmm. Hectic? Very hectic. Mm. It was a lot of, like, woo-sawing and, like, Jesus, are you playing with me right now moments. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's my mother. I got to respect her moments. Mm. And yeah, so we made it though. Yeah, by the skin it. of my teeth too. What happened to our guest? I thought you had the guest. No, it wasn't my week. I thought it was the um. I could have sworn that like I put in the chat like the thirteenth, and you said you would take the thirteenth. When I looked at the chat recently, I thought it was the get to know people that was coming on today. No, they're coming uh end of the month. Mm. Miscom- miscommunication, but it's all good. Okay. I don't think we need to guess. I feel like today's about us today. You know what happened? Because Jeff was in a minute of a self-realization moment of being judgmental or self-critical or listening to intuition. Which one is it with y'all? Well, he was just um, hmm. basically just talking about what he learned from the conversation that we had because we had a tiff earlier this week. Um, and, you know, we don't want to go deep into the what the, what the tiff was about, but we want to go into the lessons that were learned from the conversation that we had. And that's what he was talking about. He was just reflecting on... Some of the stuff that I said, and you know, I respect this man because he really is willing to hear and be receptive to criticism. And not everybody is like that. You know what I'm saying? It's not always easy because, like, and I think that's why 
I'm I lash out sometimes at Lenny because she's literally just saying the truth to me. Mm-hmm. But I am it's hard. I'm not used to getting it. I guess so directly, mm-hmm. consistently as mm-hmm. well too. So like it's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> she's consistent. People. Yeah, super. She's consistent. a Virgo. So it's like it's a. Yeah. Uh, hey. <laughs> it's like I'm just fighting against that, not against her, but just the facts. Yeah, and that's just not right. But you know what? I feel like you're gonna grow. You are growing. Uh, I don't think you should feel guilty about it. I think you should just, you know, embrace it and just work through it. Nobody's perfect. I'm still working on myself. Lainey, Coco, we're all working on ourselves. We're still growing. We're never going to stop growing. You feel me? Until we're dead. Feel better, Coco, too, if you're listening. Yeah, Coco, we miss you. Hopefully, I will not stop growing, you know, because I'm very stubborn. So I have my ways about myself, and Mm -hmm. I know. I can be a handful, and once I think I know something, goddammit, I know it. <laughs> Bruh, it's so funny when you speak on certain things, because I swear you remind me of Stephanie, because she's the same way, though. <laughs> like, she's the same way. Like, when she, like, you can't tell her nothing. When she thinks she knows something, she knows it, bruh. It's oh, like, yeah. it's nothing you can tell her. Yeah. Even if she, even if you try to tell her, she'll be like, all right, whatever. Like, yeah. she's, you know, but you know what the most annoying part of it is? Like, there's no, like hesitation in her words there's no stuttering it's no. all just streamlined yeah. information that's coming right because that's what it's 99% correct yeah mm. confidence behind, confidence those, behind those words speaking with conviction shit that shit's funny though that shit it'd be crazy life is funny we, ju- we just found out we worked at a, the same oh job but like a year apart Oh, for real? Yes. Yeah. We both worked at this hellhole called Nissan <laughs> <laughs> Nissan NYPDC. It, it was a warehouse job, and we were moving car parts, lifting car wow. parts. Doors. Doors, windshields, exa- exhaust pipes. No wonder y'all got such big arms. Yeah, right? <laughs> Maybe. Crazy. I think that did kind of started my motivation to be working out, the, too. Me, too. Before I really started hitting the gym, like, heavy, heavy, I was working there. And like I said, when I was working there, I was kind of, like, in, like, the best shape of my life because the fucking work was so hard. And it was always hot in there, even oh, in the wintertime. Oh, God. Bro, like, <laughs> Jesus. literally always hot. So you used to sauna in there every day. It was always hot. I used to, I used to just wear athletic wear to go, go to work because I knew oh, I was yeah. about to sweat like a motherfucker. You had no uh, uniform, why not? Yeah. I mean, if you don't got no uniform, do what you want. Uh, yeah. yeah, niggas had to. I used to have mandatory overtime, Laney. Like you, they they don't tell you you're gonna do overtime till the end of your shift. Wow, pretty much, yeah. That's exactly what would happen. Like you would be like, "Yo, all right, we about to be done." But sometimes not because you know what it was. It's a certain amount of. Sorry to go back into this, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just so passionate about how much I hated that job. Um, <laughs> And so you have a certain amount of work that had to get done by the end of the night because you're basically packing cages of car parts so they could be shipped and loaded onto trucks. So it was either it got done at a certain time or it didn't. And if it didn't get done, we had to stay until it was done. So it was like, yo. Was yeah, you do. You get paid overtime. Okay. But yeah. still, it was just like, come on, I want to go home. Like, you could have had plans that night oh, and yeah. it's over for you. Like, you have to stay. Like, it was mandatory, yo. That's the bitch. It was a no. Oh. It, it that's what motivated me to like go for entrepreneurship to pursue music for real. Like before I was in before Jump Out the Frame existed, before I truly, truly just dove into like the entertainment industry, hmm. I was doing those jobs and I wasn't I was not happy. I was miserable. <laughs> I was fucking miserable at that job. I think I think this is the quote that the guy Joe said to me. Big I'm not Joe. sure because he said a lot of things to me that I did write down. Because even though he was an asshole, mm-hmm. I did pay attention every time he spoke. He did say a lot. He was smart, man. He was a smart, fat guy. 
But like, <laughs> you know what is annoying me that like he always just wore shorts, even I in the winter. Know, time. Even in the why, winter. Why do white people do that though? Like, why do they never get cold? Like ever? I think it's a scientific fact. Their body's like a couple degrees hotter than ours. But I think this is what he said to me. He said the true measure of a man is how much you can take and still get up the next day. Mm. And I think he said that to me because. Obviously, I was miserable there, mm. and he could tell. Everyone could tell. Mm. They knew I didn't belong there. I knew it, mm. and but I, I still showed up every day and did my my best every yeah. day. Yeah, and I never forgot that when he said that to me. It was very the, so as, as soon as he said that to me, walked out the door, never looked back. Haven't been back since. That was 2017. Mm. And um. Shout out to Joe and Nissan and all the other people who are probably still there. Yeah, I had like an emotional goodbye with everybody because like I, you know me, man. When I'm places, I try to be friends with people and shit. So it was just like I had connections with them. Like Joe made me laugh. Like he was because I like assholes. I don't know what it is. Like because you're an asshole. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly why. And it's like he made me laugh. Like that nigga was so funny, bro. Yeah. So it was just like like they would just teach me certain things and so many things that I learned from that job. Like I don't regret working there because I needed to learn. The yeah. things that I learned while I was there, bro, it, it helped me help shape the mind that is what it is now. You know, everyone I worked with was like an older, older guy. So yeah, yeah they they've definitely... been there for so long, and they all had the same story. Like, yo, yo, I ended up getting married, had kids, you got to put food on the table. So they ended up trapped in a system where they had to work. Like they literally had to provide. So it was just like we worked at a job that was hard, right? And there's people doing this shit for like 15, 20 years that were working there, bro. And don't love it, and, and they, they didn't need it because they have it. they had benefits. They have a four hundred one k, and like they're they trying to be find there. the positive aspect of it. Yeah, they got the four hundred one k. They got the benefits. They get the discount on the Nissan vehicles and shit. And they will always talk about that shit. I think I'll be okay with that if my kids were doing right. Mm. I think I would take that L for your kids. Yeah, and I think that's the that that right there says a lot about parents. And then when, and no, and it says a lot about parents who think like that too. Because like, and then when they don't do right, they say, "Well, I'm sacrificing for you." Like I don't, I ain't fucking ask you to. Mm-hmm. That's true too. That's so true it's just too. like whether you're a parent, whoever you are, you should always live the life that you want to live. And if you have a child, you should understand that like your obligation is to your child, but that doesn't mean you have to stop being who you are. Right. Because all you do later on, if you stop being who you are, you end up resenting your, your child. child. Facts. And then your child ends up resenting you because it's just like, I, I didn't ask to come here. I didn't ask for this You life. brought me into you this. This me is me literally here. my life because I feel like, I, I think I said it before, like my mom, she wasn't really present around a lot because she was working because during the 90s, everything's expensive, having a kid, single parent. Mm. It was hard to provide. And she was always at work. I didn't really interact with her. She didn't really come and check my homework and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to shit on you, mom. I know you're listening, but it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And um, I did have some resentment, some subconscious resentment towards her. But looking at it from the lens now, age 28, she was just trying to help. And it's so funny you said that because the other day I called my dad randomly because I just wanted to check up on him. Like, that's my nigga. Dope. I hit him up. I was just like, yo, dad. Like, it was after work. And I was just like, yo. I get it. Like, I get it. Being an adult is hard. Like, <laughs> yo, like, I get it now. Like, I understand why. Because I used to think the same way. Like, damn, I barely saw my dad like that. Because I spent majority of my time with my mom. But she didn't work as much as my father. And and it was just like, you know, I would always be waiting at the window, waiting for dad to come home. Like, when's dad going to come home? Sometimes I fall asleep before he gets home. And then by the time I wake up, he's getting ready to go to work. So I'm like, fuck, what the hell's going on here? And That's so cute. I've never had that feeling. Yeah. I used to have that feeling a lot because I was very, like, close. I'm still close to my dad, but I was, like, basically, like, his little his little twin. Mm. He used to dress me up like him and shit. We used to wear the same outfits. Like, this nigga, man. That's but, yeah, it's funny. It's funny. But, oh, he used to put me in suits and shit. I was, like, fucking six years old in a full suit. Like a whole suit, tie, and everything. Like he used to 
he used to try to bring me around to you know show me off and shit. But um, I told him I was just like, yo, I get it, yo. Like this shit is hard. Like waking up in the morning, working, then coming home, having to cook and clean. And I don't even have any fucking kids. I'm not even married. And this shit is hard, bro. Yeah. So I was just like, yo, I get it now. Like, I really, yeah, and I give you props. What's the hard part? The part of, um, like, just making the money or just getting up every day and living life? I think the hard part is after you've done all these things, go to work, clean, cook, all that. When do you have time to just live? When do you true? Because you're tired. After all of that, you just want to rest. And by the time you get enough rest, you got to wake up and do it all over again. To me, that's the hardest part. So like, but that's for the nine to fivers, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's slavery. No, like I said, I, I'm listening to y'all and just like, oh yeah, I felt resentment towards you. I've never felt that towards my mom, and she worked like I've never. All she did was work, and it was just like, oh well, like because I had brothers and sisters, so we all we did. But that's the difference. He's yeah. the only child, and I'm the only child. So all we did was like play with each other all day. It was just like, yes, this lady's out the house. I night. get it. Yeah. I get it. Fucking shit up. I wish. We, and it was like the the challenge, the best part of the day was trying to put everything back together before she walked in the door. I get that it. That sounds fun. And it didn't get like that for me until my cousin started living like downstairs for me and shit and then it was just like okay this is an adventure okay dad's not home I'm about to go sneak outside like that's when it became that but early in my childhood it was just like I'm talking about real early like five six years old that's when I was just like damn where's dad you know what I mean I feel like I didn't really even get real friends till maybe like around nine or ten mm-hmm. like I was still I was yeah in your show I always had pets mm. pets in fucking games ah uh, yeah has, and that's where like I just was always settled in and, and books as well um can I ask y'all a question though? Because I feel like speaking about resentment, I feel like in order for me to get to like my furthest level, whatever that is, higher yourself. I feel like I need to let go of the resentment I have towards my father mm. for not being around. Being that I'm older on the other side, I understand that times are really rough. Even now, especially back in the '90s, it's probably even worse, right? Mm-hmm. I'm aware of the fact that it's hard to maintain a child. It's hard to have a child. And still want to live your life. And I feel like he just wanted to live his life and he was young, I'm I'm assuming. I don't know how old, but I'm aware of all this, but I still hate him for not being present. I get it. So what do I do to get over this? I have this awareness, but I have this hate. Do you have any communication with him? No. I've only seen one. I I barely know what he looks like. I saw a picture of him when he was in high school. Mm. When I went to his mother's house. There's no, like, there's no, like, your mom has no connection with him. Like, he's just floating around. He has a whole, I know he has a whole family. I think she told me that one time. Like a whole other family, kids, all mm-hmm. that. But I have no way to... There's connect. no closure. I think that's the biggest thing. There's no closure for you. You know what I'm saying? You've, I don't think you were ever able to verbalize how that made you feel. And right. I feel like that's ruminating in your mind. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like you, you can tell your mom all day how you feel. You can tell us how you feel. But the person who needs to hear it, you can't reach him. And I think that's where the resentment also comes because it's like, damn, even as in a fucking adult, I still can't find you to tell you how I feel. You know what I'm saying? Like that, I know that has to hurt. Yeah. I'm just curious. I don't know. I mean, I feel, I feel if I have my own family, maybe I'll be able to, I guess finally be at peace with it because I just have an example. I have a clear example of what I don't want to be and what I won't be. What not to be. So maybe that's what I need. And maybe you need to find the peace with knowing that. Yeah, mm. because yeah. like it's a lot of kids who do not know their parents. There's a lot of kids who don't know either. Or there's a lot of kids who wasn't raised by neither one. That's a fact. So it's just like 
I will be a first generation of a person who was raised. Like, if I was to have a child, my child would actually be raised by me, mm. by the grace of God. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people like that. Like my little cousin, um, he's adopted. He was just telling me like maybe a few months ago, he was saying how he feels so lost because he doesn't know neither one of his parents. And I'm just like, you know, what if you never get the chance to find out? At least you're able to create the legacy with, it starts with you. Yes, so is. that means like your two kids, when they have their kids and their kids and their kids, everybody would trace it all back mm-hmm. to Jay. So it's just like, maybe that's what you find the peace in. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's the same thing that goes with you. Like when you have your kids, they can trace a solid unit back mm-hmm. to you and it'll start with you. And I, I, I want to um, second that because that's what helped me come to, uh, you know, find a place of peace with my dad beyond the fact that he was always working he was other things he was doing too you know what i'm saying this nigga was out fucking bitches he was gambling in atlantic cities to put on his little leather hat hop in his jeep put his leather jacket on and be out you know what i'm saying like that's what he was he was he was a playboy he was a musician and that's what he was doing a lot of the times when he wasn't around especially when he was getting money but that all taught me what I didn't want to be when it was my time to be a father. Right. And I know, and even my therapist told me, like, yo, you're going to be a great fucking dad. And I, and I, and I believe that because I know what I don't want to do. I, and, and, and not to shit on my father because he's a dope dad. Like he did, sometimes you got to realize too when people are doing the best that they can do. You know right. what I'm saying? Cause, you know, my dad's father, was nowhere like him at all. Like his dad didn't watch TV, didn't listen to music. All he did was exercise and go to work and provide for the family. Like he was a very strict Haitian. You know what I'm saying? Very old school, very traditional. So it's just like if he didn't even have that connection with his dad, I should be grateful for the relationship that he and the bond that he's tried to create with me my whole life. Because mm. my dad's always tried to be my boy. Like, my, not my boy, but like my friend. You know what I'm saying? Like, my dad's always tried to be my friend. And I fuck with that because it was just like, but it, it was, it's just like I had to come to a place where it was just like, you know what? You did the best that you could. You did everything you knew how you, what you could do. You feel me? You didn't, right. you didn't have the best example and you still did a hell of a job. You know what I I'm saying? I have a question. So. At what point do we separate the parent from the person? That's a fact. Yeah. That's a fact. Because that's something we have I always say. That. Like my they were people before they were parents. Yeah. He was a great father, horrible husband. Mm. Great dad, though. Yeah. And there's a lot of those. There's shitty things as a husband, but that had nothing to do with me. That's between him and my. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a fact. But when it I came to us, it. it was just like. He was bomb. He was bomb. Yeah. Like, he's a great stepfather. I woke up. I was just telling my cousins, I woke up every morning to whatever I wanted for breakfast. Mm-hmm. The nigga would get mad if we wanted to eat cereal. Like, what the fuck you mean wanting cereal? <laughs> I done made all this shit for you. Like, I would wake up to, like, fish cakes, salmon croquettes, like, whatever I wanted, grits, whatever I wanted. Mm. Popping. That's a good question. It is a so good question. So at what point, because it's just like, my parents, well, the people who raised me, they were great providers, great protectors, but they all crazy as shit. Facts. So it's just like I've learned a long time ago to separate the person from the parent or the you know because we're still people. And I'm glad you said that because I think I need to hear that. Forget that. Yeah, I think I need to hear that because it's true. I feel like because we hold our parents on such a high pedestal, like they kind of become they transcend being people. At least in my mind. Yeah. And I think also because our parents are like our gods. They're like like our first introduction to God. Yeah, Yeah. because they gave us life. Like you know what I'm saying? Like they literally brought us here. So it's just like. We put them on this pedestal. But they're not God. They're not. They're not. And that's the reality. And that's the reality that you learn when you get older. We are all humanly flawed. Yes. 
That's and you realize that when you get older, like when I got older, I started really noticing my dad, his flaws, my mother's flaws, or the flaws of just the adults in my family. Yeah, and I kind of, if you once you realize that, you may have a deeper connection and realization of who you are as well. Facts. And it's true because we inherit the sins of our fathers. And there's a lot of things that my father, a lot of addictions that he had that passed down to me. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. just watching him, how he dealt with things, it made me weary of the things that I needed to avoid and how I need to, you know, how to how to uh, maneuver around certain things. I don't know the man that is my father, but I know the one connection we have it has to be because uh, I don't think my mom is like but this. But you met his mama, right? Yeah. See, let me tell you something. This is how when I get really sad about my situation, I tell my people, you know what? There's somebody out there who don't know neither parent. That's a fact. Like, my mother didn't raise me. My grandmother raised me. I have no idea who my father is. This is not even on my birth certificate. Mm. So I will go all my life forever with not ever knowing that. And I'd be like, damn, that's fucked up. I only know half of me. Mm. And only half I know is what my grandmother told me because she ain't know my mama like that neither. Mm. Yeah. So it's just like I hear stories from like, I used to hear stories from the hood and, you know, like play aunties and uncles, but I really don't know who she is neither. Mm. And nobody could tell me. So I grew up like to like 23, like hating this lady because it's like, bitch, you put me in a situation. And even though I did meet you for a year before you passed away, you still didn't answer none of my questions. Mm-hmm. But I'm only eight. So it's just like I carried this, you know, this anger for so long where I started acting out and doing some of the dumb shit she was doing while I were here, she would do just because I wanted to feel closer to her. Mm. Mm, you're trying to try on her shoes. Yeah, so but it's just like, that's not for me. Like, yes, I love the streets, but I don't love the streets the way she loves the streets. I just like being outside. Mm. Mm. So it's different for everybody, and it's just like, you can't go around feeling like, woe is me because you're woe. And I, it's never to d- diminish how you feel, but you always have to think about the other side. Like, you know what? But I'm still blessed in this way. Right. Because it's just like, yeah, my parents didn't raise me. My grandmother raised me. And I still had to go through foster care, but I did it with my grandmother. Yeah. And even though she hates my black ass now sometimes, mm-hmm. the bitch still did it. Right. Yeah. She was still there for she you. She was still there. And that she counts. still provided and protected, and it counts. It counts big time. So it's just like, yeah, get over it, lady. But you can't, like, you know what I'm trying to say? So yeah. don't wallow so much in the what ifs or I don't knows because it's just like, if they were around in your life, maybe they wouldn't do nothing but give you harm. That's another fact. I thought about that too. Right? I have Just because, about that. you know, you never know that you you know, the universe could have put you in this position because him being absent from your life could have been the motivation or the catalyst to the man that you are now. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I, I agree. I've thought about that. And I, I am I feel like I should start this conversation by expressing what I am grateful for in terms of how I was raised. Like the lessons I've taught from my grandmother and my mom, like starting on the positive and then in the, the dark. But like, yeah, I feel like they taught me how to be expressive mm. and vulnerable. I don't know if I could have gotten that from him, mm-hmm. especially if he's if he was able to disconnect so easily mm-hmm. and if he was still present and still doing that with other people in his life, I may have developed that mentality a lot quicker and being a lot more uh, emotionless, I guess. Mm-hmm. So this Sometimes is really Sometimes it's deeper than us. It's deeper than us, it's deeper than what we think we know. Yeah. Um it's unfortunate, like, but we not fly. We, we can never be flies in the wall when we were conceived. Because if I could, you know, we all would. Yeah, right. But we really, we we would never really know what was going on between our parents. Like, we'll who never heard know exactly. Who, what yeah, it you'll was. never know because everybody only has their side to the story. Yeah, and three I, sides, every story. Yeah, yeah and it's like no matter what, 
people may say they only see it from that way. It's like that movie, 500 Days of Summer. I love that movie, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. It's just like you can be with somebody and see it one way, but it's really not the way you see it. Mm-hmm. So. And that's a fact. That is a total fact. Because the way I used to perceive my parents, because at one point in my life, I thought they just had the perfect marriage. I thought it, because they put up that front, you know what I'm saying? They painted the picture. I I just, bro, I had lived in a fantasy world for, for a good majority of my childhood. And it wasn't until I became a bit older and things started falling apart that I started questioning, like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Like... Why is mom in the bedroom crying? Like, where's dad? You know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck's going on? And then when I got turned into an adult and I went and I had conversations with other family members and they told me about all the shit that was going on, it was just like, wow. Like, they told me things about my dad that made me really judge him, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? Like, he did some fucked up shit before. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like, damn, like, who is this guy? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just crazy how our perception becomes our reality. Mm -hmm. Until, you know what I'm saying, you just step out of it and just look at things from a different perspective. That 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 third angle is so, so powerful. I, I admire, like, uh, just the ability to, to parent and, like, protect. Because, like, yeah. do you think, like, they... Maybe they were good around that time when you were growing up. But do you think they also kind of kept up the facade to protect you? Of course. And I, and I... And the funny thing is... It's funny you said that because when I... You know when I knew that my, basically my parents' marriage was a lie... Um, I fucking found a, a porno, right? It was my dad fucking another woman. Yeah. Right. I was probably, I think I was like 12, 12 years old. That's when I was just like, yo, who is this nigga, yo? Yeah. Like, who is it? And then I contemplated about if I wanted to tell my mom, right? Oh, that's deep. And I'm like... Should I tell her? Is that going to make her depressed? Is that going to make them split up? I swear to you, at that age, I was just like, yo, I wish my parents would get a divorce. I was that kid. Mm. I was like, yo, I wish my parents would get a divorce because I knew their relationship was toxic. For your mom's sake, you want to? Yeah, for my mom's sake and for my dad's sake because if you're not happy, you're clearly staying here because you feel obligated to take care of me. You know what I'm saying? And there's also that whole Haitian uh, mentality of they don't believe in divorce, which is to me bullshit. I feel like if you're not happy no more, you're not happy. You could co-parent without being in a relationship. You know what I'm saying? I would have been happy spending the weekend at my dad's house and living with my mom or vice versa. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how I would have grown up, how it would have been different. You know what I'm saying? I probably would have been a totally different person. You know what I'm saying? But that didn't happen. And I used to be that kid that was just like, yo, I wish my parents would get a divorce because I knew something was lacking. After that, I just started seeing things for what they really were, yo. Yeah. And it was such a shock to my system. 12, 13 years old. That's That's crazy. Yep. That's young as shit. Young as shit. I was mad curious because, you know, I've been, you know, because I was molested when I was a kid um, by females in, in, in my family. So it was just like. I was always curious about sex. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like, my dad had a big ass porn collection. Like, all that ass, I done seen all that ass. One, two, three. (laughs) 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 Nigga, he had some bomb ass porn. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Like VHS? Yes, VHS. Back when it was VHS. It was vintage, bro. I done seen some bomb ass ass and titties, bro. It was like, whoa. That's why I was always like, going through his shit and then I feel like every kid has fell upon their father's I fell upon my stepfather's porn collection <laughs> my play cousin downstairs she found her dad's porn collection 
And my cousin, he was a male, so I think he found his older brother's porn collection. Mm-hmm. I remember being kids, and we would dead take the tapes, and we would all go to each other's house, pop popcorn, and watch them. It's crazy. I found my uncle's porn collection. He mostly had magazines, but then, then he had a few DVDs that I got to work. I remember the first time I masturbated, I thought I had a, I caught an SED from doing that. <laughs> I was so scared. Like I was so scared. The funny thing is, I watched porn before I had sex and had sex and was just like, oh my God, is supposed to go like this? <laughs> like, I guess I always assumed that I can just like dry hump my way through life. Right, right. <laughs> and then, I used to think dry humping was having sex. Me when too. I, was really I thought young. dry humping was sex, but me I was too. thinking that like at 14, 15 still. Like, really? Yeah. That's so crazy. I was thinking that, well, because, you know, I was introduced to sex mad early. So like, I was like six. That's, even though I saw old. the porn at, before 14, 15, I still was just like, like, no, that's like I don't know why I convinced myself it was all dry humping. <laughs> I'm trifling because then my first time having sex, I was just like, oh my god, this hurts. I don't want Aww. to do this. It I'm, hurts. I'm, I'm trifling. I remember the first time I masturbated. No, not the was that that was not the first time I masturbated. That was the first time I ejaculated. And ah. I know, I know, I was like 13, right? Shit. I'm so trifling because I was on my parents' bed. <laughs> wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know why? Because they had the uh, the cable box in their room, oh. and I was watching. You watching it was the illegal it, porn channel. I was watching fucking Cinemax after dark. <laughs> <laughs> I was masturbating to soft porn, bro. Damn, bro. No, but back then it was some of the good ones. It was yeah, like Red Shoe Diaries and shit. Like back then, that soft porn was pretty high. Like yeah. now, when I see it like on TV, I'd be like, Nah, this shit is whack. Like, like having a corny music playing. Yeah, the, the fucking the jazz. Yeah, the jazz. <laughs> That shit. Nah, the jazz was cool back in the day. That shit now is just like, nah, yeah, this is too much. <laughs> it was fire back in the day. I'm about to find a soft porn and just see what's up nowadays. Like, right? Is there, is, new, is there a new soft porn being produced? Like, yeah, I think go so. wa- yeah, watch. It's, it's like on. What did I watch? It was like a while ago. I was just like flipping. I was like, let me see what's on these late night, like after late night shows. But the porn, what was it? It was something about some witch. Or some soul demon, like the demon was like going to each girl and she was fucking this person. But it was like the softest, wackest shit ever. It was just like, oh, okay, a little head movements. Right. You never see the you never see the dick. You never see the pussy. Never like, see anything. You don't see her giving head. You don't see none of that. No, one I did watch recently, I do feel like they was just like really going in on the pussy eating part. Mm. <laughs> It was so active. I was just so like, wow, this is like you, maybe happening right now. You got to have a good imagination <laughs> to enjoy soft porn. Right. Because you right. can't see what's going on, but you got to imagine the feeling. And right. But I love a good sex scene in a movie, like a regular movie, a good, hot, steamy sex scene. When was the last one you saw that was like, okay. That is made me one? like blush? Yeah. I feel like the only one that comes to mind right now is Original Sin with Angelina Jolie and Antonia Banderas. Mm. I didn't see that. The sex scenes in Original Sin, I remember being like 15, like, I want to feel like that. For me, it was Monsters Ball. When when uh when Billy Bob Thornton was giving back shots to Halle Berry. Oh my god! I remember shit. when I first saw oh, that. Oh yeah, he was yeah, terror yeah. shit. What oh. he? Watch it now. You're not gonna feel the same way. Word. It Watch was, it, it now. was whack. Watch it now. It was I whack as I fuck. Watch. I was mad young. One of these Tyler Perry movies that he put out, not like the Medea shits. There was one of them ones. Uh, Acrimon? No, I don't know. It was before. It was. I know Temptation? what you're talking about. Yeah, Temptation. Uh, I, I think they was fucking in the kitchen yeah. or on the plane or some shit. She was a sex addict. Oh, that was a good movie. She was bad too. She was bad. Shout out to her. Journey yeah. Summerlet. Yeah. yeah, she looked. Oh, good. is that J- Jesse's? Sis? 
Yeah. Shout out to that's Jesse Smollett's sister. Yeah. Wow. What's her first name? Journey. 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 Journey that's the girl Smollett? from Eve's Bayou. She killed her daddy because Megan good lied. That's mm. why I don't like them. See, I can't be watching certain movies. It'd be like I don't like you forever. Uh, <laughs> that's how people felt when um Lawrence Fishburne uh, played uh, Ike. Loris Fishburne. Yeah. Yeah. No, I still Loris Fishburne because he played. He was a good. He was a bad motherfucker. In Ike, like he did that role like a motherfucker. He did. Yeah. People hated him for real though. Off that they night. did. Yeah, in real life people was like, "Yo, you were fucking asshole." <laughs> wow. <laughs> hated someone that was. I don't think he was like, "Yo, they hated Ike." I mean, he was whipping that ass. <laughs> I'm trying. Yo, look. Y'all gonna hate me because I'm sorry. I'm a little different. It's not that I find justification and everything, but it's just like at that time they was both toxic to each other. They was mm. both on coke. They was both on drugs. Mm. Like it was a lot going on. Cause she ain't like once she got sober, she was like, "Fuck out of here!" Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we ain't gonna be beating my ass no more. So it's just I, I couldn't hate Ike from that. Yeah. But Blair Underwood and Law and Order SVU when he burnt his wife in Central Park. <laughs> yeah, she lied and said he raped her. But nigga, you knew you ain't do it. <laughs> mm. Mm. Wait, so he burned her body? Wait, what? He burned, burned her, her burned her in Central Park with the As a daughter, watch. No, I don't think the daughter was there. Was the daughter there? That's it. Anyway, but ever since then, it's him and um, what's the other nigga? Matt Damon. Fuck them. <laughs> Why Matt Damon? The Departed. No, not. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Matt. Yeah, he fucked everybody. He fucked Jack Nicholson. No, he fucked everybody over. That's but it, but it was a good movie though. Like it was, at the, a, it at was the a great movie. It was a great movie. movie. Like, I love that movie. It couldn't have ended any other way. What was it called? The Departed. The Departed. Mm. It was a great movie. I just felt like you know. He was a slimy motherfucker. He was. Yeah. Mm. He Makes played the role snakes. too well. He played that shit too well. I know what you're it was saying. Just like, it's some he roles. had the whole fucking Boston accent. I was just yeah. like, ooh. It's certain roles where niggas play that shit too well. It's too well. well. Yeah. I feel that. Niggas reflective of the character a bit. Yeah, right? I don't know. Like, you know who plays crazy well? That light-skinned nigga with the blue eyes? I'm Michael Ealy? Right. I've never seen him play crazy. I'm okay. not going to watch it because I heard that... Listen, I've heard about that movie. I'm not watching the movie because it's like, there's no... There's no joy. It's only depression. Like you want to really, really jump off the roof after you watch the movie I hear. <laughs> so I'm not watching that. And, I, and I there's a lot it. of people who I just don't want to hate. I get it. And, my, and I, well, I heard like the scene he did it, I would like hate him for life. So I was just, I'm not watching that shit Aww. ever. Can we talk about like movies like that though? Like you got to be a sick nigga to come up with a uh, script like that. Like that's really in depth and like well thought out, like planned killings and raping and shit like that. But was, I think it wasn't at all a book though. I the, believe it for like for my color girls. It's it's a book. Oh yeah, I'm just talking about the content in general. Like, what is really going through your head where you can you want to actually put that on screen and because, have it public? Like, you know what I think? I think that those writers also really understand the psychology of humans because if you notice, we all love carnage. We all love um, uh, uh, when we're driving on the highway and there's a car accident. You ever notice how the car accident could be all the way over here? And everybody, but, but, but there's traffic driving. on your side yeah, you because every like, single car is slowing down. And I hate that down. shit about driving. It's just like you, we can't be that fucking nosy. That's, That's exactly, the worst part about traffic because every nature. traffic accident, every traffic problem is always because everybody's just slow slowing driving to the act. Just to just look. get your fucking ass it's on. It's literally what happens like every single time. Like, I feel like writers understand that. Yo, people love gore they love sex like they are going for what is repressed you know what i'm saying it's it's a writer for every genre so like you have your horror writers who you have people who can write everything they're just great in general but tyler perry he writes to certain 
I don't know. It's like he's always making the black woman look a little fucking crazy. A lot of people have been saying that. For lately. sure. Yeah. And he never wants to talk about these download niggas who be out here paying models to be their baby mama. And then we never see the baby mama no more. They have a baby. Right, Tyler? Mm. He has no writing team, and he's adamant about repeating that fact. I love that about him. He, he's, I think he's a Virgo. I'm a Virgo. I love the fact that he can write all his stuff by himself. Mm. I feel like that's what we do it for, right? Mm-hmm. But To have the control. But, but like you said about how he control. paints black women, I feel like if he had an outside perspective of a black woman who's also a writer, that would But you know what? We have to kind of dismiss that a little bit because didn't we have somebody on the show who said she was with working with the writers of the Meet the Brown show? That's a Tyler Perry show. Mm. Okay, fair point. See, so this was just like yeah. he may say it. He probably working on them little bullshit BET shows by himself. Yeah. That's why that shit all over the place. What was that <laughs> shit? Chinese. You Asian Chinese motherfucker. Oh, what did you say? You want some shrimp fried rice? That's the title. What you said? You want some shrimp fried rice? That's the title of that episode. Yeah, <laughs> shrimp fried rice. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> like this is the shit he's writing now. Right. Nigga. That's like his view of the world, I guess. Like it's reflective of it in his art. Like that's just maybe how he perceives black women and people like that. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I like Tyler Perry just because of the fact like he He's self made. Self made. He has a whole studio. I like that. He like, was he had you know, yeah, he's very self made. He's not trying to he's not trying to sit at the table. He's he, he's making their own he's making he is making his own fucking table. He's not trying to sit at there. So I think that's great. I think it's outstanding. Um with everybody, we always again have to separate what they do and who they are. Yeah. The art so from the yeah, the art from the artist. So it's just like as many bad things I hear about him from his employees, you know, he he still does have a story you can look up to and be inspired from. That's for sure, right, man. I think he said he he had one point had to sleep in his car. Yeah. Same thing with Steve Harvey. So Steve it's just Harvey. like. I ain't get there yet, Jesus, but you know, maybe my book would hit off like that. Who knows? Like, you never know. You never know. I say if you build it, they will come. Come. Because there's, you know, everybody has a story to tell and Mm -hmm. there's a market for your story. Everybody has a market for their story. Yeah. It's just about how you brand yourself in a sense. I totally agree. Yeah. But if you got, that's if you got talent. Now, if you ain't got no talent, you know, into what you think you have talent in, I'm not saying you can't work because you always work at your talent. We've seen that many times. But we have to start getting realistic with certain things too. Yeah. I, about like if like our potential? Not even just about our potential, because I feel like our potential is limitless. Like it really you you can really change your mind in thirty days. Like you can really change your whole brain, your whole wave shift, all that shit. Yeah. So it's just like it really is up to you to put the work in and do the work. Mm. But like but like what do you mean like people like people don't have talent? Like I feel like everyone kinda has something they're talented at. It's just yeah. whether they decide to indulge is I think I don't know, but correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm I trying feel, to understand. I feel like what she was saying was just like how some people are trying to hone something that they want to be good at, but they're not good at, right? Oh, okay, okay. It's like you know how you have some people who is like, like um, I want like they wake up one day and just say, oh, I want to be a comedian. Like I saw, like if this nigga could do it, I could do. It. Like people like that. Yeah, if this yeah. nigga could do it, I, I can do, do it. it. Like it doesn't work like that. like it doesn't work like that. It's yeah. like I can't just say, yo, man, fuck it, I'm about to be a surgeon. Yeah. Like, I'm like, let me go be a surgeon. You right. could no, you could say that, right? But that's it's also if you have the real drive to, to want to do, do that. That shit, yo, that's you, work. That's hard work. work. I feel you like you got no yeah, arteries true, true. and nerves and shit. Yes. Yeah. I ain't got time. No. I want to cut. 
open. And so I think if you can believe like it, you can't always achieve it. No, I think what's missing is you have to have the passion for it. Yeah, you passion, have to because passion is what helps you persevere through the obstacles of achieving that personal legend. Right, whatever it may be, you're going to face obstacles. You're going mm-hmm. to suffer, right. but. That passion and that love that you have for it is what allows you to overcome it. Every successful person has been through mad shit, right? Every like genuinely successful people, like they all have been through some type of turmoil, right? Yes. And the reason they became successful is because they decided to build their strength off of that opposition. They didn't allow to overcome them. Exactly. Like they, allow to, they, like, they didn't just sit in the the depression, mm-hmm. anger, or whatever they was feeling in that. Mm-hmm. They, like, took that, and it made, it made them motivated to go mm-hmm. harder. And that's what makes them so... Resilient. I think that's what makes them so resilient and also what makes them a celebrity, right? Because a celebrity is somebody, somebody's life who's celebrated, right? And I think the best celebrities are the ones who overcame big obstacles in life, bro. Those are my favorite celebrities because yeah. it's just like, damn, you're a different type of animal. If you're able to go through all that shit and not only live but you're thriving my nigga like you're on top of the world type shit it's just like whoa what type of spirit do you have yeah shit is crazy to me and you know just for the people out there everything is not about becoming a celebrity becoming famous and shit like that it's It's just like your journey no matter what it is is yours like it can just be as simple as getting married to the girl next door that could be your journey together yeah and then the two little kids you have is gonna fucking change the world like that's how this shit works it's not something where it's just so tangible you have to see it no yeah sometimes your contribution to the world doesn't come until you're gone that's a fact. Yeah. That's a fact. Sometimes it's like that. Like, a lot of people in history didn't get to see the impact they had on the world until, like, they were dead. I'm sure they, Pretty like, much. they looking down like, oh, yeah. shit, like. Oh, shit, y'all finally listened to a nigga. Like, yeah. y'all, like, for real. <laughs> like, soccer teachers say, y'all motherfuckers thought I was crazy this right. whole time. Now, right. look at y'all. Look at y'all. Right. Following drink my that words. goddamn hemlock. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You see, like, this should be for yeah. real. So that's why I just, like, even for writers, I always tell writers, even if you never publish nothing, write your shit, set it up, so put it in your will, like, yo, when I die, release all this yes, shit. Like, if, you, if you're if that scared to do it, you're alive, and you feel like it may happen, like, you never Did know. Did they do that with Emily Dickinson? Did they release mm-hmm. herself after she was gone? Mm, let's look that up I, look I don't that. know but for niggas like Prince who specifically told y'all to not put his shit out and not do tributes to him for him when he's gone and y'all still doing it it's fucked up I yeah. feel like you should honor these people's wishes when they're gone I agree but it's also like honor the wishes but it's like, what about us mm. what about us I want to hear some fucking Prince tributes I don't give a fuck what he <laughs> said like I'm Man, sorry no you, so you want to see Usher do a Prince I just tribute watched, I just watched Purple Rain the other day fuck no I don't want to see Usher do no Prince tribute it he should did be it. Mariah Carey but it should have happened like 10 years ago I don't know why he ain't die sooner oh lord lord forgive me God because damn. we just don't got the people now to do the tribute like she ain't got the voice no more how she used to have she it she been smoking Whitney gone wait you think she got the voice? She got the pipe still. Who, Mariah? No. You don't think so? I don't think so. To do the um, Beautiful Ones, that she, she she did a Prince cover in her Honey album. She did Beautiful Ones. Well, we don't know because she has a I don't think she out. got the voice right now for that. I remember Maybe. one year. I remember she, two New Year's Eves ago. Yes, she, I was just about to bring that. At the Rockefeller Center, right? She was singing and she I don't, was horrible. She was lip Really? It was yes, bad, bad. Was like, bad. Like, God like, damn. I swear, right? the whole world looked at the TV. We were Everybody just like, said the that. fuck yeah. is going on tonight? I think, I think low-key because she was smoking cigarettes. Like, I'm not even trying to be funny. Like She was smoking cigarettes. I remember yeah. she was in a movie and she was playing a role. Even in the movie, she was smoking cigarettes. It's just like, okay, that probably, because I know that affected my dad's voice. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, I think that's probably what it was. So, but I don't think we have 
the right people to do a Prince tribute. The way it should be done. The way, like we got certain artists now that could do a Miguel. He could do a good Prince okay, tribute. Okay, Miguel. I forget about Miguel sometimes. Yeah, Miguel, I guess Jasmine Sullivan. Uh, Marsha Ambrose's, maybe. So are we looking for just keys and notes because it's also performance? Maybe Janelle Monae can do "I Will Die for You" or something. I can see her do something Actually, like I that. Actually, I think her alone, Janelle Monae, kind of embodies that Prince energy, like the funk. But I don't want to see her do a whole Prince tribute. She probably because she do don't it. has the chops. Yeah, mm. I feel like you don't like her. I feel like I mentioned it before. You I love always... Janelle Monae. I have a, it's like a love hate with her. Okay, I seen her perform at Afropunk. Really? We should yeah. go this year, by the way. It was such a great performance. And, you know, her mic went out and she still killed it. It was crazy. We should try to get a booth or something that got Afropunk this year. Them shits cost like two grand. Man, we'll put up the bread and we'll make it work. But, yo, so go, go back to this passion thing, right? Because I recently had or realigned myself with an interest that I had when I was in high school. Mm. And I was making beats. Mm. I used to make beats a bit when I... Uh, because most of my friends at the time are rappers, mm. and I, I'm always coming up with melodies, always hearing melodies in my head. I actually mm-hmm. came up with like a a full song in my head um, mm-hmm. as I was leaving work on last Sunday called uh, "Working on Sunday Should Be Illegal," mm. and I feel like it sounds so beautiful in my head and fun. But I am super passionate about podcasting and super passionate about writing. But I kind of want to do beats on the side. So is that should I not do it yet because it's not my full attention? Um, honestly, there's this lady. That somebody introduced me to. She's like, she has a show on what is them, one of them channels where she's a judge. Paternity court. The paternity court judge lady. Yeah. You ever saw that show? No. She used to be a background singer for um famous celebrities. Like mm-hmm. she she has a cosmetology license, a real estate license. She has mad shit. And I say all that to say, like, this bitch is skilled in twelve different things. Go do it, my man. I agree. I agree 100%. <laughs> Thank you. I feel That's like what you I should need definitely, definitely tap into that. I hear melodies and shit all the time. Tap like, I love, I, I used to love it so much because, like, I feel like that making beats is like, beats are what you feel. Yeah, like, the lyrics are what you hear, right? That's what gets you to dance. That's what gets you to, like, vibe and cry and shit like that. So, yeah, sometimes the beat is what gets you to see if you go listen to the lyrics. That's, That's what I'm fact. saying. I can't listen to songs with beats I don't like. I agree. I agree. And that's and why you're a great Sometimes some videos make you lick the whole shit, the whole production. Like, if you have there a you go. good visual to an okay song, it'd be like, I don't know why I love that song, song but it, it just makes, it makes everything better. better. That's why I like when artists debut new songs with the video. Right, right. Because I can see your full vision. And I want to start doing that. That's so crazy you say that because Maji has suggested that I do that. Do it. She was like, yo, you should drop, like, when you put out a single, whatever single it is, just put it out. With the video, Black Soprano video, maybe I wanted everyone in suits, Black Do some Soprano fucking Reservoir Dog hard. style shit. Yes, yo, that would be hard. That record is hard too, man. It's a great song. I'm about to meet up with Mish on next Tuesday to play her all my unreleased music to see what we're gonna go with next because we're you know we're shooting Cinderella soon, so now I need to start thinking about the next single I want to put out. I got a lot of unreleased music that's just like fire, bro. I'm ready. It's man. fun. I'm just having fun with this shit. Imagine if I bass CR a fire beat and that should take off. That's what I'm saying. You never know, nigga. That would be dope. Never Would you have a producer name or are you just going to go by Jeff Kelly? Okay, don't put the whole government out oh, there. Like, oh, you know how I go by the Petty oh, Podcast. We're going to edit my that bad. out. My bad, my no, bad. I don't know. A producer name? I don't know. I never thought about that. Mm. Definitely the producer name. He needs a signature like, you know, that is mustard on that beat or... Mm. The Petty Beat Maker. Is Jeffrey on that beat? <laughs> the, the no, we can't do it like that. <laughs> 
like hit makeup. He says hit makeup before every like before the drop. Pharrell has his signature boom 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 before each drop of his beat. Take Keith. He is a take. Oh Keith, yeah, something, something. Yeah, that's fine. Mike will made it. Like, yeah. yeah, Mike will I made it. I like. Shit, oh yo, dude. I love that. Did you? Shit. I don't know. You're not from the um the Bloomberg. Freaking. Isn't he everything going on? There's a lot of things it's going there. on. So he has like a um the what a TV campaign running for president, mm-hmm. right? And there's this point he was like, Mike will make it. Yo, every time I said, like, yo, what Mike will make it. I'm like, yo, he needs to contact Mike. Now he can't because I heard he said. But this is my thing. I will say this, but I'm from New York. The thing was stop and frisk. It was never implemented the right way because mm. you were stopping and frisking the wrong motherfuckers. Mm. If you really wanted to get illegal guns off the street, you go to fucking places where you have already hits on. Like you find, I can't really, I'm, you find the place, they, you, the cops is not stupid, they're not dumb. They know where the shit's at. So you go to the source. Mm. Right. Like, don't make it seem like you're using stop and first to take illegal guns off the street when all you're really doing is trying to pick up petty crimes because you're trying to make meet your quota sometimes in a month. And and also trying to perpetuate that mass incarceration. Yeah. I feel like... Because unless you're finding guns and you're stopping first, then what are we doing? Right. I feel like, it, just like segregation, this may be a bit problematic. I feel like it was a great concept. It was just poorly executed. And I'm not mad at that. It's so funny because I heard from an older person... They spoke about that perspective and it was so interesting because they were like, yeah, bro, like we had black businesses, we had our own neighborhoods, we mm-hmm. had so much more for ourselves when we were segregated. Right. And he said, once we had integration, that's when we really dropped to the bottom. But mm-hmm. I think that's for certain places. So mm-hmm. I think maybe the Northerners had more mm-hmm. to themselves, but I don't think that was it for the South because my mom, you know, grew up in the South and the mm-hmm. stories I would hear is just like, if you didn't technically buy your freedom and you were still on your even 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 though you was free but you were still on their land Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they pretty much still owned you and told you what to do because you still had to work because you still had to work to live there in a sense so it's just like i think like you said probably was a great thing but it was poorly executed because it wasn't equal throughout and i feel like when you do it that way too it (sighs) all right this is my theory if we still would have segregation to this day, we would have even a bigger unjust within the black community. In what way? Because now you have the classes in society. Uh, yeah. So it's just mm. like the people are already like, you know. You'd have the bougie black people. So, and and yeah, yeah, so if like, even if, we, if we take out the, the enemy, which is the white man, and you if it's we just still going to be classism. It's still classism. It's still a, a whole bunch yeah. of other shit and going on. And that's a on. fact because black and people love still, shitting on each other. Yeah, and it's still racism day. within like, no matter the culture, there's colorism. There's, there's, colorism. there's colorism, classism, all that would still exist. All that would still exist. Ego and all that would still exist. So it's just like, we can say all that, but it's like we still would have had to deal with it somewhere. There's always going to be yeah. social issues. It's always, yeah, it's social, and always. that's what it, it's social issues, and it's just like that's a part of being human, I guess, it is. and that's yeah. why it's inevitable. Each generation will keep evolving, right? I do feel like each generation is evolving. I feel like the social issues change. I feel like certain things are better than when they started to be honest it might not be great it might not be what we want but it is better than what it was i feel like it's better because it's in your face now like we, mm-hmm. we it's like what the purpose is where's the purpose of hide like now you know what it is yeah like yeah. you know what it is now yeah. the blinders are up the blinders yeah the blinders is up and if you don't know what it is right now then, then that's just, just that's yeah, on you stupid. and if you know if you're living like that i'm not gonna call you stupid <laughs> 
be blissfully oblivious. I love it for okay. you. Because if you can live that life like that, like a little dog, then shit. Because Coco, he's so happy. All you got to do is feed his ass every day. Mm. Happy as can be. Because that's the dog's life. They don't know. No, they don't. So Ain't if that's so you, crazy, that's great. I, I was, I'm jealous. We were just talking about that. And she's referring to people who are living in the Matrix, bro. Remember when earlier? Yeah, 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 I yeah. was saying these are people who are living in autopilot. They're not thinking. And if that's you and you love that life and, and you, you're okay with with that nothing being tarnished in, you know what? That's great because it's a bitch to know better. Because yeah. no, once you have the power, you know better and you still don't fucking do better, better than the be, fuck. You're going to be miserable. There's literally no excuse to not do anything you want. Like, you could, there's... There's a, many excuses. No, but I mean, in terms of like not having information how to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all accessible in a book, in your phone, on Google, like whatever you want to do, it's out there, right? And even things that you may not know about your culture or your history, like, I feel like there's no excuse to not know certain things anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and you, want the, you want the knowledge, you got to arm yourself with it. I agree. I but agree. then you also have to keep in mind, even the knowledge you ha- that they give you, who's to say what's what? Yeah. That's true. That's Cause, very true. Because you got to use your own discernment to see exactly. which is factual. And that's why I be sitting here fucked up. up. Because I'm telling you, once you go deeper and deeper and deeper down into the rabbit hole, you start to really have people to everybody else. We always sound crazy, but it's just like, I'm not fucking crazy. Y'all just ain't go deeper down yet. That's what I'm saying. Y'all just not aware of how entrenched this shit shit is. It really is. It's It's really deep. This shit is deeper than racism. It's it's deeper than than rap. It's deeper than all the shit we think it is. Mm -hmm. It's deeper than, yeah. Like, what if this whole shit really is just like a real spiritual alien type warfare going on and we're just minions out here. I totally think that I feel is. that way, I yeah. feel like that's what it is. I feel like there's something way bigger than our stupid ass political issues. And agendas. Like, it, like, it's so much big. That's why it's like, for me, it's so hard to get engulfed in, in, in certain issues. Like, yes, I, I know it's real. It's affecting lives. But it's like, my nigga, do you know how deep this existence really is? Yeah. Like, niggas are still fighting in the Middle East for a whole religion, a whole property where they, where Jesus is birthed at. And you mean to tell me after like 35, 40, 100 years, 40 years, not even God has intervened yet? Mm. It's shit when shit like that happens is because I always said before it's just mm. like there's really no right or wrong because you're both fighting for what you believe in. Right. And at the end of the day, so neither side really out. know. That's yeah. the fucking crazy part. So you just gotta keep on riding out till you keep riding out. That's what it's like people say, but it was born here, but it's like, how do we really know? Because it's just like, but if you really mm. believe that, if, if everybody's fighting for what they truly, truly believe in, we will always be at war. Mm. And religious people, they speak about mercy a lot. Like, where's like the mercy for these children that you're speaking about who are dying mm-hmm. in these Middle Eastern countries? Like, I would like to hear but someone super religious like, but explain where's, that. But, where's, but that's okay. But this is the thing. Goes back to it's deeper than rap because right. if everybody gave a dollar to somebody, everybody had money in their pocket, and then it would lose its value. Yeah. Right. Not even that? that. But oh. that's just called human. That's humanitarian, right? Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's compassion. But you can't do that and run the world. So it's just like, yeah, they're starving people in third world countries because we have national leaders who don't give them aid. Mm. Yeah. Business. It's business. And when the money is there, like Africa should not be, a, a, that country should not be the way it is. It should not be sitting here getting money from another country where they practically fuck about to own their ass. Right. Mm. And it's crazy how most of the natural resources in the world are on that continent. Exactly. It should be oh, the so wealthiest continent. I always say country, continent. yeah, the yeah. continent. But no, it's cool. And it's like the, the, like it should be the wealthiest continent in, in the world. It should be. But because so many people have came and raped the motherland, took without paying, 
Like, bro, that's regular. That's what they do. We're that's, on stolen land. Like, yeah, we're it, it on just, stolen land. It's a cycle, of, a cycle but of stealing. But it's not even that. It's just like, it's, it's something that parable I read a long time ago. They came and gave us religion and stole our diamonds. Facts. Mm. Facts. Fuck, I heard something similar to that. Like, Facts. Fuck, I wish I could remember. Like, but like, religion is like a, con- religion's like a construct, <laughs> like... It's like, like okay, a so yeah, it's like well, the continent, like Africa, and and the reason why I always say country because there's so many fucking countries in that one continent yeah, that when I think about countries. Africa, I'm not gonna lie, I only think about probably South Africa. Mm. I do too, like Johannesburg. And yeah, that, that's the only part I think about. So mm. when you think about Africa, it has Asian descent, it's Egypt, it's all that shit. Elon Musk, know? he's uh, of African, he's South African, but he looks white. Charlie Theron is South African. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, there was a lot of colonization going on in South Africa yeah. in the back with the whole apartheid and everything. So it makes sense that there's like yeah, there's yeah, there's there. there. white Africans. That the yeah. guy who killed his his bitch was with the no legs, the paraplegic nigga, African. Right. But it's just like they can't even do export and export with. We got ten minutes. We good. Oh, with Sorry. um with other countries, I think uh, yeah, I don't think America even allows them to do export with us. Like we, <clears throat> they we can't they can't charge us for the shit we take from out of there. Right. That's what I'm saying. Is and it's by law. Right. Yeah, it is yeah. by law. By law, we like, just law. conveniently created a law that benefits us. <laughs> us yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that's really how like, this world works. Their yo. government is so corrupt too. Yes, facts. Because okay, it, it always goes back to the the slave trade. You think they were just coming in the place and niggas was just like, I'm taking all of y'all? Because they, they took everybody. Everybody in Africa would be white. Right. But they didn't. So that means niggas got smart was just like, you know what? I'll give you a few, but I got to keep the others. Right. Wait, so what do you think is actually going on? Like, is there like a collective collection of individuals throughout the world, not just America, controlling what goes on? Like, is there like a narrative that's already been created for us? Like, are we just living out their scenario? Like, is everything predetermined? According to the black Israelites, it's like this because we're being punished because we was the people that Moses freed and we didn't listen. Right. And now we're living, it's basically how the universe is giving balance, right? We were at the top and now we're at the bottom and eventually we'll be back at the top Top again. again. And and a lot of black Israelites feel like we're in that transitional period right now where... I, yeah, me personally, there's no place for me in in that religion whatsoever because mm-hmm. I'm queer, I'm me, and I'm just, I play mad. You know, it's just, I'm not. But yeah. I do listen to other people's religions and other people's things, and it's just like, okay. Because I'm always about learning something new, especially about religion. Yeah, I'm willing yeah. to hear it, but I feel the same way. I feel like the whole, you know, a lot of the things that the black Israelites believe in is extreme. But so I don't feel like they're too far off because if that's the case, you know, the black, the black, when you read the Bible, it doesn't really talk about black people. Mm. It doesn't put a color like, it, I guess it does like little symbolism, like little things like, oh, his hair was this or whatever the case is like that. But it's just like, we really don't know where we stand mm. in Wait. the world if we have to use the Holy Bible. Are the, are the, just for clarification, are the black Israelites like, because I read about like the five percenters and shit like that, are those like the same? Mm, I feel like no. Oh. No, they're not. They're not. But, um, I read, I read but maybe you can probably compare them to because some I think similar. some of them still like drink and shit like that. Yeah. Because like black Israelites basically 
believe that they're um you're part of the there's 12 different tribes um from i forgot what was it africa well there's 12 different tribes of israelite and they believe that they're the chosen people of god right mm-hmm. like jesus was an israelite it's like the kushites and the other one. yeah right there's judah there's the levi like there's like different tribes. okay so you know how you do it break it down to the 12 sons of abraham right so the 12 sons of abraham there's 12 the 12 sons of abraham we all are descendants from one of those 12 sons yes. So, depending on one of those 12 sons, it's like one of those 12 tribes. We all come from either one of those 12 tribes. Yes. And that's who your tribe is. That's how we know. That's how sometimes people figure out their place in the Bible, which race was what or who right. was doing what, based off the 12 sons of Abraham. Mm. Right. Like, for me, I'm Haitian, so Haitian people were Levi's. Like, that was our tribe. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I could look. That's why I want to read the Bible. Like, now that I learned about, like, black Israelites and learning all this stuff, I it gave me the tools to kind of interpret the Bible in a different perspective. Because I feel like there is some truth in there that can help me better understand my people and where we're, where we're at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And not my people, meaning Haitian people. My people as in, like, people do of color. Do the black Israelites have a different Bible, or do they still use the same Holy they, Bible? They use, they use the Old Testament, the 1611 King So James. they're, like, Jewish. They only follow the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. They don't do the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's interesting. They do the Old Testament. Y'all really just taught me mad shit. I'm going to do more research on all this, because like, I never heard, like, the 12 songs of Abraham. No, it's, it's that, that's something that always, like, um, confused, like amazed me, how there's some people who there's some people who only follow the Old Testament, and then there's some people who only follow the New Testament. And then there's some people who say... Learn from both testaments, but don't forget the third one, which is the left-hand path, which is like, I guess, the devil's Bible, mm. or the way of the dark side. Right. There is a satanic Bible. Yeah, there is a satanic Bible, but even mm. the satanic Bible, I think we spoke, spoke about this before, is not as what you think it is. Right. It's, it's not about like devil being worship evil and, and being yeah, evil and no. shit like that. It's about self-preservation. Yes. And... Um, and- not lying to yourself right. and like and not depriving yourself of, of things of, of, of sexual desires, pleasures yes, and, and desires because like yeah. it's like I think Buddha said it or what, I think one of the um, Asian religions it was just like desire it's not that desire is the issue it's how you desire what you desire right that's when it becomes the issue and how you fulfill that desire yes because mm-hmm. I think the four means of suffering is desire emotion we'll talk about it after the show but it's something that they say in, on the guys in Nirvana to get, to reach enlightenment. You have to go through the four passages of so like be released or detached from suffering. Mm. 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 Yeah, I've heard that true. I heard that too. I never heard of this before. Well, I did a lot of. Well, when I was younger, I used to do a lot of research on it because I was just like. I forgot where I learned Confused about. religious Yeah, I was confused. Sense. I was confused, and I wanted to know what it was to be a Satanist, too. Like, what is that? Like, what the fuck was it? They like, in Maryland... There are people who are like, yes, they There's a are devil worshippers. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they do worship the devil. They do... I can't say black magic, because I'm not against any type of magic. You just got to be smart with whatever you do. But... I'm sure there are people out there... Who, if they could, would try to bring Lucifer Jr. into the mix? I'm sure. If there was like, you know, what I'm trying to say like, if the everything is true and everything is just, if everything is really black and white and there's a heaven and a hell, God and the devil, and it's just one way or the other way, then yeah, I'm sure there is a group of people trying to bring little Lucifer in the mix. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sure there are fallen angels. Which is so confusing to me. I'm about to go on a tangent. I hate this. Real quick. Because the Bible speaks about, you know, I don't know the Bible, but I read it somewhere. The fallen angels are the ones who are in hell. Like, so, you know, Lucifer was the angel. Then you have some of, like, the other archangels who came down and they were in hell because, you know, before it was humans or before it was, like, the world what it is, God used to let the angels roam the world roam the world roam the earth and talk to the humans and shit and you know some of them was fucking up and they had babies and shit and I was like fuck out of here y'all done fucked up mm. everybody going down mm-hmm. so it was like the ones who had the babies with the people on earth it's like they lost their wings and they was damned to stay here mm-hmm. and then I guess it built a sort of rebellion because then Lucifer was questioning like well why do you give them so much power to always have your forgiveness but we can't mm. and we're angels and we're angels yeah. we're higher than them so it's just like again it's a whole lot of shit it's a whole lot of books that the bible has that we don't even get the chance to read yeah. so you know with everything do your research and whatever insults your soul dismiss it and I wanted to say, too, that I used to question what the difference was between the Old Testament and the New Testament, because right now I'm reading the Old Testament very slowly because this is very dense. Um, I personally and, like the Old Testament. And um, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Um, and the, the Old Testament is about the creation of earth mm-hmm. and, and life and everything. And I heard the New Testament is basically all about Jesus. And Jesus, Jesus, the coming of Jesus and how yeah. when Jesus comes, he says, because I think it's um, Ephesians. All I know is page 369, a little green Bible. Mm. <laughs> Every black person got the little green Bible. I had one of those. The little New Testament Bible, yeah. So it's page 369, and it says, um, this is when Jesus is talking, it's like, you know, there is no such thing as Jew or non-Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, slave or free. It's all in one. It's either Christ or nothing in a sense. Mm. So, yes, the New Testament is all about, you know, there is no more... I'm Abraham, I have my wife Sarah, then I got like five concubines, it's one plus one. Mm. I never read the Bible just because um, I feel like I had way more questions than the answers it could possibly provide me. I mean, that's what the Bible's going to do. You're going to have mad questions. Yeah. It's going to provoke a lot of thought, but mm-hmm. I would suggest read it just for the knowledge and try to like try to delve into it. Like I'm trying to do that too, basically just to have these conversations and be more educated about it. I want to be able to contribute more to these conversations and have concrete information from these texts. Because if you think about it, it's a global epidemic. You know what I'm saying? It's like people all around the world are reading this book and having in-depth conversations about it. Not even in-depth conversations, but like in-depth hate, in-depth war. Like it's a lot of shit that's happening. Because of this book. Because of this book in a sense. Or you have people who try to use this book, I think like... As manipulative. Yeah, like Donald Trump's campaign, I think. Wasn't he throwing the Bible out there like make America great again? I'm pushing out there. Yeah, every Republican Republican does does that. that. It's just like that's what they do. Like, oh, we're, you know, pro-life. I don't care if she gets raped. She got to have that baby. And it's just like, motherfucker. Like Jesus said, you have to have the baby. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I'm pretty fucking. sure Jesus ain't safe for you to rape me. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just. And not have the decency to use protection. Like, who the fuck goes around this? Never mind. Because that's a whole nother. Uh, that's what they do is use the guise of Jesus to mass it, like, hide their problems. And it's because of states. things like that that you have people like me who have a hard time getting on knees 
and you know, and just succumbing or being submissive. And that's and, to an idea of something where you created nothing but wars to get your point across. Right. And that's why that's why I feel like religion is evil, but God is pure. Whatever God is is beyond religion. religion. It's beyond religion. Like I don't I do not subscribe to any religion because I know whatever God is, I've have I have a connection with God and I know for a fact like God is bigger than religion, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bigger than, you know, any religion that's been created, bro. Like there's too many interpretations of religion. Too many it's interpretations. Too it's too convoluted. It's well, we forgot to just go and back and just look into spirit within yourself and let's look for those yes. answers. And there. that's what I've been doing my whole life is just going back into the spirit within no, my I'm sorry. What? Oh, I had a point, but I'm, I'm sorry. I got no, hyped. Say it, say it. No, I was just saying, I, that's what I feel like religion is. I feel like it's a distraction from ourselves. Like, if yes. It, oh, say it again. I feel like religion is a distraction from ourselves. Yes. Like I said, I like the Bible for different reasons. Like, I'm hoodoo, so the Bible comes in handy for different things. That I do feel like God has left a lot of gems in the book for us to use on an everyday basis. Like, sometimes when I'm sitting here ready to kill somebody, I will pick up Proverbs like, yo... Is is best to you know ease into anger, like be slow to anger, be slow to respond, because a fool always talking. Mm. You know, it's like little things. Like I always said, if, you, if y'all don't read nothing, just and it's the listeners to read proverbs, mm-hmm. because it's it's like it's a lot. It's, a lot. it's it really is about wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, right. and how to use all three. At, at so at its core, it's it's a guide. It's a guide. It's, it's a, guide. a guide. Okay, it's a guide. I totally agree with that, and that's and me it's having a book that of inspiration, and me having that fair perception is what and made strength. me want to read. And, that. No, a book of inspiration and courage, because you know you do meet characters in the Bible where they get through some really big hurdles where the devil's tempting one motherfucker on the top of the top of the mountain. He like, nah, my God got me. I probably would have crumbled at that time. Mm-hmm. Faith is a you know, this is you know, of, it's, it's faith is a real motherfucker. A real Was the Bible the first self help book? Mm. Yo, not for nothing. You can all, you can also classify the Bible as a self help book. You really can never know because it tells you how to eat. It tells you how it to, really does. It does. It tells you how to eat. It I'm tells still you gonna fuck a pig up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with the swine. <laughs> I had pork, pork tacos today. Shit, I'll, I'll take I'll take turkey bacon. Yeah, I'm, I'm on a turkey bacon. Ain't, ain't, no, ain't no bacon and no turkey. Them turkeys is like big, big. Man, shit. That's just turkey giblets. Uh, anybody got anything they want to shout out? Um, you got a freestyle coming out, right? Oh yeah, tomorrow lyrical flexercise hosted by Vante. Uh, definitely follow Vante NYC. I think that's his Instagram, or if not, just follow me at cr underscore nine oh eight. I got a dope ass freestyle that's about to drop. Full thing about to drop tomorrow. I'm gonna be promoting it. Uh. That's it. And yo, Cinderella music video is coming out soon. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. All y'all going to be there. We're going to have I a good sure time. I sure am. I got a special Auntie role for Lainey's you. Auntie Lainey's in the building. I got a special role for <laughs> Lainey and Coco. They're going to play the mm. Evil Sisters. Oh, man. Accurate. What? I want them to play the Evil They're Sisters. playing themselves? What? It's, it's at the end. It's, if you, I, should, I should email I'll email you the treatment. I, I to... can do that well. Let me, get, let me go get my nails on. <laughs> put my claws and shit on. I want to shout out my tattoo artist, underscore Y0UNG, underscore ART. 
Um, yes, he's going to be having freaking, this is going to air late though, but he's going to be having Valentine's Day specials tomorrow. And if not, just always hit him up because he always has a great deal. I think he has like a $600 or $800 deal for eight hours. Mm. You get a lot of shit done in eight hours, okay, y'all? It's up to you and your body how much pain you can take. So once again, it's at underscore Y0UNG underscore ART. Thank y'all. I'm thinking about a new tattoo as well, so shit. I might use that for myself. I'm about to ick my whole body. I don't give a motherfucker. Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> you're a big Wiz fan. God damn. <laughs> uh, if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, wherever you're listening at, please utilize the rating system where it's YouTube with the likes, uh, iTunes with the reviews. I don't think Spotify has a review system, which is kind of weird, but whatever you're listening at, please utilize that. Pass this link around to your family, your friends. And um, subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash introverted intuition. Uh, follow us on Instagram at introverted intuition pod. Follow us on Twitter at introverted pod. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate y'all. Thank Get you. Goodbye.